Hello, hello, and welcome to That's a Career, a podcast about the average 20, 30, 40, even 50-something and above looking for your passion, your career opportunity, your next advancement, your next job move. Where are you going? You're not sure? This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Gabriella Batistiol, and each week I interview a different person working in a different job field, from teaching assistants to members of the military... No stone is left unturned here as we search for your next career move. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That's a Career. I'm super excited for this week. I've got my friend Alex on. He is a flight attendant for American Airlines. Uh, I'm sorry this episode's a little late. I had a very busy weekend. My mom was visiting from Florida, and my boyfriend came home from the Army. So just a lot going on, and I hope you all had a great Mother's Day weekend. One last thing before we get started, I just wanted to mention that I met Alex, as well as a previous person that I've interviewed on the podcast, Tom, Uh, on the Disney College program. I also have a third person I'm interviewing next week, Steve, who is on the Disney College program as well. Um, The more that I interview people, the more I realize I made a lot of connections during that program. And if you've never heard of it and you're wondering what it is, you take a semester while you're in college to go work at Disney World full-time, or you can work at Disneyland in California. So you basically apply the semester before as long as you have at least one credit active in a college. I mean, you could be going to school just like part-time for like a ceramics class for fun, and then you can apply for it. Um, They accept anybody any age, and basically you work full-time in the parks and resorts, and you get the experience of working for a large corporation. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes they even have classes you can take, and you can get credits for it uh, that can go towards your degree. So anyway, if anyone's interested in that, I think you can go to like Disney, you can Google Disney College Program, but I think there's also like a DCP website, so you can check that out and apply. Um, I definitely recommend it. Anyway, this is Alex, and without further ado, I'll let him take it away. So the first question is really easy. It's like, what's your job title? All right, so I am a flight attendant. And what airline do you work for? I work for American Airlines. Okay. And how did you come to find this? I actually discovered this job flying back home from Orlando to New York a couple years ago. I made conversation with one of the flight attendants on JetBlue, and she was like, you'd be perfect for this job. And for fun, I guess, I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can apply to whatever company is open, and American was the first company I applied for. How long did the whole process take? Oh, it was long. I have to say, I think from the time I submitted my application to the day I started training, it was about a 10-month process. Wow. Okay. So walk me through that a little bit. Like, what did you have to do for the application? All righty. So just like any application, you send in an online application, Mm -hmm. and they review your application. If they like what they see, they send you a questionnaire. This is more of a personality test, but they call it a questionnaire. You figure it out. You figure out it's a personality test as you take the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And if they really like your answers on the questionnaire, they actually send you a video interview. Okay. And then in this video interview, they will ask you six to seven questions, and you have one take to do it. So they'll pose the question, give you 30 seconds to think about it, and bam, that 
machine just starts recording you and that's it. Wow. And then after you submit your video interview, if they really like you, they bring you to the in-person interview in Dallas, Texas. So you get flown to Dallas for the day and you're interviewed along with 30 to 50 people. Okay. And the whole entire day, you are spent with this group and you start getting split up into subgroups. And as the day goes on, the groups get smaller, smaller, and smaller until the end of the day when they start calling people out for just individual interviews. Mm -hmm. And after the individual interviews, if they like you, you immediately go take a drug test, you get fingerprinted, you take some other coordination exams, and then you start filling out your paperwork and you don't get your training date for at least another two or three months. Wow. Okay. So it's a very long process. It is stupid long. I, I enjoyed it, but it gave me a lot of anxiety because right. it was just one thing after the other and you didn't know what was going to happen after yeah. every step you take. Huh. So this is not something where somebody could be like, hey, I'm bored with my job. I'm just going to quit my job and apply. Like you should be doing some, you have to be working as you're going through the application process. Pretty much. Then that is something they, they tell you from the beginning. And mm -hmm. you can ask any other person in the airline industry, it doesn't matter if they're a flight attendant, a gate agent, or a pilot, they'll tell you the same thing. When you apply, make sure you still your other job because this is a tedious process. Okay. And so what, uh, I mean, uh, uh, for the listeners, I met you in Orlando through the college program. I actually just interviewed uh, one of our other fellow college programmees, Tom Walker, if you remember him. <laughs> I do remember him. Yeah, oh, I'd like two awesome. hours ago. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> college program, great connections. But from, like, how did you end up, uh, how did you decide to do this? Like, I mean, what were you doing before it? I guess. And like, what's your educational background? All right. So first things first, my educational background, I have a double major, double minor. My double major is communications and musical theater and a double minor in journalism, government world affairs. Okay. Um, what I was doing before this was a bit on the performance side of everything because after, so after you left, right? Because mm -hmm. you left the CB program before I did. And then I left. I transferred mm -hmm. over to entertainment. Okay. And then I did Festival of Lion King for a couple months, and then I really, really loved it, but I just didn't fit in too well with the crowd over at Disney. Mm -hmm. So I decided it was time to just move back to New York and, you know, do something with a musical theater degree. So I started doing, like, playhouse shows. Okay. And I honestly, for a good year and a half, I just did one or two shows and traveled back and forth to visit some friends and family in Orlando, which is where my JetBlue experience happened. Okay. With that flight attendant. Okay. Um, and so you originally, what before you did this, like this wasn't what you were thinking of doing as a career. What was your original, what was your original plan? To be honest with you, I really never had a plan. I knew <laughs> I graduated with my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And I knew what my major was and my minor was, what I wanted to do with them. That was something that was always placed on the back burner of my mind because I really honestly never knew. Right. Well, that's a lot of us. You know, we, we, we have to, I was just telling somebody earlier, like you have to choose something so young that you choose things you think you're passionate about, but there's no real 
direction, and it's hard. That's why I did this podcast because it's very hard to choose one thing, and I don't think I don't think it's normal anymore to stick to one thing forever. So it's important to see that people branch out and decide to do other things. Oh, so how, definitely. How do you love? How do you like or love your current position? I love my job. I from the minute I finish training, I mean training itself is eight weeks long. They, mm-hmm. You live in Dallas for eight weeks, and they they torture you in a good way, in a bad way, I guess. Um, I love this job. It's given me the opportunity to not only travel the world, but I have discovered so much about people and cultures and just myself, just mm-hmm. in different like environments or backgrounds and stuff. Like any other job, this job isn't perfect, and it is definitely not for everyone. It's I think a lot of people in the airline industry prefer not to call this a job. This is more of a lifestyle. From being okay. a pilot to a flight attendant, it's a lifestyle because you're basically changing every aspect of yourself. You're right. changing, you know, your sleep schedule when you have to. You, you're you going to be gone for a couple of days or you're going to be here for the whole month. There's never, ever the mundane for this jet with this job, which is why I love it so much. Yeah. It's not your nine to five. It's not my nine to five, and I couldn't do a nine to five. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, so like, what's your average? So, what is your schedule like? Because a lot of people probably are wondering, like, as a flight attendant, how do you how do how do you get scheduled? How does that work? Okay, so it's hard to answer this question because every company does this differently. Okay. So the things. The main ideas and ideologies that keep us on the same playing field, though, is in the flight attendant life and captain life and pilot life, you have reserve and line flying. Reserve flying is you are on call, which means when the company calls you, you got three hours to get your butt to the airport. Okay. You know your day's off for the whole month, but you don't know where they're going to send you. You're guaranteed your days off the whole month, but you don't know where they're going to send you. That's reserve flying. You're basically on call. Reserve is basically for juniors. You know, people who are just starting out, it's a way to help you build seniority. Mm -hmm. Now, the other type of flying is line flying. Basically, that means you not only know what days off you have, you also know what routes you're flying. You have the opportunity to, to trade around your trips. We call them sequences in the airline industry. So, like, I could have a three-day trip that leaves out of LaGuardia, and I see someone has a two-day trip that leaves out of JFK, we can swap. I can fly theirs, they can fly mine. It's just like swapping hours or, swap, or swapping schedules, how Disney worked. Right. Okay. Airlines is all about seniority, though. It's all about how many hours, it's up how many years you put into that company. From American Airlines to Delta to United, it's all seniority-based. A majority of it is American. Some things are not seniority-based. Thank you, God. <laughs> okay. And when you have this kind of thing where you have, like, a three-day trip or a two-day trip, do they um, provide you with a place to stay in between flights? Oh, yeah. So, by contract, any airline, when you sign in to that computer, you are, you know, the, you're that company's, you know, you're under that company's property at that point. Say I get to Phoenix and I have a 20 hour layover, they have Mm -hmm. to give me a hotel for 20 hours. Okay. All right. And they, and they provide that on top of your, now pay, I know it varies obviously, but 
do you work on a salary basis or is it like per flight, per hour? How do they break that down? Okay, so like the whole situation with um, power schedules are like, it varies by companies, but mm-hmm. I'll use America. I'll give you American Airlines. American Airlines is a flight hour-based company. But on top of that, you get something called per diem. So I'm going to give you an example because I just came back from this trip. Mm -hmm. I just came back from Kona, Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. And I flew from New York to Dallas, Dallas, L.A. one day. And then the next day, I did L.A. Kona, and I spent 24 hours. And then the following, well, the following, following day, I did Kona, L.A., L.A., JFK. Wow. That's a five-day trip. Yeah. For the whole five days, from the time I sign in to the time I sign out, we make something called per diem. Mm -hmm. Per diem is basically every hour for five days straight, I'm making... $2.36 to $3. It depends on the type of route. And then on top of that, the minute I step on a plane, I get paid my hourly wage when the door closes. That's Uh where my flight pay comes in. All right. Yeah. So airlines start at American. Your first year, you make $30 an hour. Okay. And um, uh, internationally, that's 33. And Mm -hmm. then you cap out at depending on if you're a purser or a speaker, a purser is a lead flight attendant, a speaker is someone that knows different languages, you yeah. could easily make $100, $110 an hour. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of room for growth. There's a lot. There's a whole lot. And, you know, the pay scale for the airline industry is insane. A lot of people don't realize how much money you can make in the airline industry. I guess you should realize it, considering how expensive it can be to fly, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people think flight attendants, all they do is sling cokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that adage. <laughs> right, right. So um, so that's why when they say a flight is delayed, it's inconveniencing the crew as well, because the crew is only paid as soon as that door shuts. Pretty much. Gotcha. Okay. So, <laughs> you know... When you have people who are like, oh, this is ridiculous, I need to get to Phoenix, I'm looking at them being like, I can sit on this plane for six hours with you, I'm only getting per diem pay, I'm not getting flight pay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize we are not paid when you walk on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I don't, people don't think about. Um, do you... Oh, so where are you looking in terms of from uh, going from here? Like, you love what you do and you want to – is there uh, anywhere you want to go from here? I actually am definitely going to stay in the airline industry. I am sort of kind of looking into maybe moving up in the company, but I haven't decided where I want to move up in because I'll be honest with you, I would love to keep my benefits yeah. My travel benefits, my pay, my insurance. I would love to keep it all. But I would love the opportunity to maybe move up in the company, maybe in the training department or marketing or PR, something along the lines. You got a lot of options. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the best parts. American Airlines is now the largest airline in the world. When we merged with U.S. Airways, the official merge happened October of last year. We became the largest in the world. So our... The opportunities that are allotted to us 
they're insane at this point because mm-hmm. we can start moving up at a quicker pace with seniority in the hiring. Okay. Okay. So I know I'm think I know everybody's thinking this as they hear flight attendant and you get to travel the world. Uh, are you able to enjoy the benefits of traveling? Like how do you maximize, you know, like that 24 hour in, in Kona, were you able to do whatever you wanted in those 24 hours? Yeah. I mean, so the thing is, Kona is never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's only so much I can do in 24 hours. And remember, I still have to, like, relax and rest from working and preparing myself for the next flight. Right, true. So I'm obviously not going to want to be doing everything at once. But whenever I have a long layover, I sort of kind of look at things that there is to do. And I say, okay, I'll do these two things this trip. And then next time, if I get this trip again, I'll do this. Or if I don't get a trip... I'll just fly there on my day off when I have some time and just do it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some times, though, and this just happened a couple of weeks ago, the term is called slam click or slam clicker. It mm-hmm. basically means that as soon as you get to the hotel, you slam your door shut and you don't leave your hotel for the, for the whole layover. Ah. And, you know, sometimes you're jet lag or you're tired and, I honestly, when I first began this job, I was like, no, there's no way I'm ever going to be a slam clicker. I'm always going to want to go out. Mm-hmm. Nope. That definitely bit my tongue now on that because there are some times where I physically just want to stay in my room. Right. I could be in a different country, and this has happened before. You know, like the second time I went to Milan in Italy, I honestly, I had 26 hours, and I really could have done a lot, but I was so tired. All I yeah. wanted to do was watch Netflix, which is exactly what I did. For 24 you, hours, I literally yeah. watched Netflix. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't, I, yeah, you don't think of that either. It's like, it is your time off. It's your, it's your day off. It's your night off. It's, and if, and you're right, you're probably like super thrown off with your sleep schedule. Oh, yeah. What <laughs> 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 is sleep? What is sleep? You don't know. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of flight attendants I've flown with, especially the really senior ones, yeah, I always ask them, I, you know, I say, you know, how do you get used to, you know, your whole entire sleep schedule being thrown off? And some of them, they literally said they really never get used to it. You just sort mm-hmm. of kind of just roll with it at that point. Mm-hmm. What else? What, what, you, don't, you don't have another option, so whatever. You, it is at that point. So do you also get uh, what kind of, and I'm sure this varies company to company, but do you, do you get to travel for free or do you get benefits to travel when you're off off? Okay, so uh, American Airlines, I think one of I think American Airlines has one of the best travel policies for its flight attendants. So I can travel for free domestically and sit first class. Wow! I can also travel for free internationally, but I have to pay taxes. So another example, I'm going to Narita from May 8th to May 18th. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on sitting first class from Dallas to Narita because I don't want to sit in the main cabin. I'm spoiled at this point. Yeah. So one way for me is, I think, $28. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So now I travel for free, and then I can also have a companion who can either be, you know, it could be your husband, your wife, your best friend, your sister, your brother. This person gets the same type of travel benefit you do. They travel for free as well. And then your parents can fly. And then you have buddy passes. Wow. 
Yeah. So if you like traveling, everybody should be a flight attendant. <laughs> Pretty much. But, you know, like, but you don't have to be a flight attendant to travel. Yeah. You can be a gate agent and still have my benefits. It may be a bit different, but the benefits are basically the same. Hmm. Never thought of it like that. So, so, uh, you, so what would you say if somebody was interested in this kind of um, field of work? What kind of, like, did you have to style your resume any particular way? Is it all based around personality? Do you think, because you, obviously, I know you have customer service background, especially working at Disney, but um, what advice would you give to someone who is at a job they don't like and they say, I think I want to be a flight attendant? Definitely do some research about the position. And... More importantly, every company has a different culture. And this is really, really vital for being a flight attendant because some companies, you're on reserve until you can hold off, which means you could be on call for 15 years. You have to be willing and able to really, really appreciate the job without jumping into it without thought. This is the type of job you have to put thought into. You really, really need to make sure this is something you want to do. Now, I know we spoke about how the fact that I'm gone for three or four days or five days and stuff. This job can be a nine-to-five job as well. You can have a family. You can have kids. You can have a husband. You can have a wife. You can wake up, which is, you know, a line that I had a couple months ago. It's Chicago turns. I woke up, got to the airport at 7 a.m., left for Chicago, Went, I worked LaGuardia, Chicago, Chicago, LaGuardia, and I was home back in New York before 3 p.m. Wow. And you could do that for the whole month. So you can have a life, but you have to be willing to work in the beginning because when you start off at an airline, you're a junior. There are people that have been there for 45, 55. We have the oldest flight attendant. Her name is Betty Nash. I think she's 83. Three or 84 years old. That's amazing. And she's still flying and she's still wearing red heels. <laughs> Up and down the rocking terminal. Rocking it. <laughs> she's still rocking it. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, for when it comes to advice, especially with this, to do some research about the companies and make sure it's a company you want to be with. You don't just apply willy-nilly. Make sure you do your research with the company, but also make sure you do the research on how the life is going to be at that company. Because mm-hmm. not every company is for everyone. So. Right, right. Okay. And I guess the last thing I got is um, someone looking to change their job or they're trying to find their passion. Like, uh, what advice would you have for that like, lost soul that's still looking for that perfect job? Stop looking. I know it's crazy, I guess. You're never going to find a perfect job. There is physically no such thing as a perfect job. And the more you look, you may think you're doing yourself good by, you know, looking and, you know, spending every day trying to pin down the perfect job. You might let the perfect job slip by without even realizing it. Let the job come to you. I didn't wake up that day to happen a JetBlue flight knowing I was going to be a flight attendant. That was just the luck of the draw at that point. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, you know, what I noticed with our generation and our society is we're so bent on trying to find perfect because either we're pressuring ourselves or we're being pressured by our elders or, you know, older generations. We're not realizing that 
you're not going to find perfect. There's physically no such thing as the perfect job. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That is different from advice I've heard from other people. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I know it's a bit of a negative, but it's true, though. Well, you know, and it's not so much negative. It's just the light you have to look at it in. Um, It's kind of the same concept as when somebody says, pick your job at 18 years old. Pick your major so you can figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And this is all you can do, and you have no choice. Like, they beat it into your head that there's no other choice. And it's like, there's another choice. You just you can't be so hung up on this, that, that. Like, it, it, it doesn't have to check all the boxes. You're right. Of and course. You to, like, you have to make the best of it as well. So you could, any job could suck if you decide to let it suck kind of thing. Pretty much. And well, and that's with any career as well. Like, you're right. You, it's literally what you make of it at that moment with that job. Mm-hmm. You can make a job perfect, but it won't be perfect. You right. can choose to love or hate. How you walk into that door that day or that plane that day or that stage that day, that's up to you. No one else. That's up to you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Randy. You're welcome. Again, thank you so much to Alex for coming on the podcast. Next week, stay tuned because I've got a friend of mine who is a travel vlogger coming on. For those of you wondering what that's like to get to travel the world and post your videos to YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram at GetFitWithGab, or you can join our Facebook community, which is facebook.com slash groups slash That's a Career podcast, or you can just Facebook search That's a Career. Again, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to like, review, rate, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next week on That's a Career.